You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Grant Napier, Sean Salisbury, uh, you think we have anything to talk about on this Tuesday after this crazy weekend in the NFL? How the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I thought the game sucked over the weekend and we could have had better football another time. Good gracious. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That was like that was like the four best movies of the of all time in one weekend, like an Academy Award. It, we got it. It was yeah. for different reasons and mixed in with friggin' phenomenal finishes and great football. We had some dumbass decisions. Oh, yeah, just, just this dumb stuff. You're like, what are you doing? And you usually have a hat on, but man, your cut's fresh, dude. Tight. Yours <laughs> is tight. That's just tighter than mouse nuts, dude. That's tight. You know what? I mean, I don't have hair like you. I actually have hair, so I got to do something with it. You know what I'm saying? You know, I grow this out, honestly. Oh, yeah. I shave it on purpose. Ever since my dad died of cancer, I've been shaving it on a regular. I shaved it really down. The truth, when he passed away, I was shaving it to. And he. Here's how tough my old man was. He didn't lose his hair, went through chemo, died of mesothelioma of asbestos, and had hair when he died. My old man was so stubborn and tough that to, chemo didn't take his hair. But I shaved it when he was starting to lose a little bit of it. And, I, and, and after I was done, I said, well, part of this is my dad's got a great sense of humor. So, you know, guys in their big dick egos, right? Like, well, if I lose hair, am I still hot? I realize I'm still fucking hot, okay? I shaved it and said, Jason Statham, the the rock they got shit on me okay so that was part of it my dad was like left legacy for all the great things that i miss him it was like yes son you go ahead and shave your head but when i go then you'll be able to get out of your ego and realize long hair short hair you think you can still pull it off so just ask me i'll tell you i can pull it off so if i do well though you'll see you'll see it gets long and wavy and curly i just cut it tight man man like jason Statham. matter of fact why aren't i what's that the uh not the exchange was what do they call the uh what was that called? Um, with Statham and Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Terry Crews, the Untouchables, not the Untouchables. The 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 the, the what? Expendables. Yeah, I'm saying you ask questions. Yeah, I need to be in that in one of those movies. You know, shave the head. I got tats everywhere. Kind of fits. Yes, I do, Sam. Shut the fuck up. We got football to talk about. There you go. Yeah, we do. All right, so I want to talk about some of those coaching decisions. I'm going to give you my opinion first. I don't have a problem with Buffalo kicking the ball off with 13 seconds left. The reality is there are some things that can go wrong on a squib kick, too. But here's the deal. If I give you the ball at the 25-yard line with 13 seconds left and I don't win the fucking game, I don't deserve to win the game, okay? 
What Leslie Frazier did defensively on those two plays to me is baffling. It's mind-boggling. And then we'll get to Todd Bowles in a minute. I still, I've gone back and I've looked at these plays over and over and over again, and it's mind-boggling to me how that they fucked that up. I still cannot get over how poorly Buffalo played in the final 13 seconds of the game. It's mystifying to me. It really is. Well, we'll backtrack because I'm going to get to that because we, we, we can have a debate about this because I think, and not on you, but I see the narrative all over well, the overtime. If you can't get off the field, you don't deserve it. I get all that. We'll get to the overtime, I'm sure. Grant, I, I don't, I don't want to lose sight of this fact. I, and, I, and I'm with you 100%. We are on the same page with that. But I can tell you this, that what Sean McDermott did by allowing his special teams, there, there is no other choice. That's why I disagree. There, there is no other choice. That was a seventh grade elementary school. I'm talking about kicking it out of the end zone was this dumb. And I listen, I hold Sean McVay in such high regard. Sean McVay, Sean McDermott, and Leslie Frazier, good grand. I mean, these guys, we're talking about when we go through this, how you don't have a guy on the kick when you get a kick block in Green Bay, we'll get to the special teams coach. And the head coach not understanding that. I, I don't get it. Uh, Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, Todd Bowles, all, all these things, right? That went on through the course of a weekend. Fair enough? Yep. And how, how did it, and listen, when people, when you criticize, well, how can you criticize? He's going to sidelines. Well, motherfucker, I can criticize because, you know, that's not, we're, none of us are above criticism. I know when a guy's standing wide open and I miss a blitz read, that's on me. And you criticize me all you want. It was stupid. Okay. And Sean McDermott, if he was sitting right there and say, dude, I love you as a coach, you can't do that. I mean, there's more that can go wrong when you've got, first of all, you've got to understand the fucking rule. The room says we haven't stopped this cat one time. And all it takes is a couple completions with their – did you see earlier in that in the, in the two-minute drive? He throws a 15-, 20-yard dig route. Uh, time kill catches it, goes out the back door, and takes it to the house. So they got to know big plays are happening. They made monumental errors on that. But you, those are precious seconds. One is, here's what I say, and I, I mean it's a bit facetious, but I, I, there's a hint of my seriousness about this. When I'm Sean McDermott after we score on a, on a you know, I, heck, so many points happen, I'm trying to figure out which one it was, but the, the, the corner post when he broke the guy's ankles and hit the seam out, the skinny seam out for the touchdown, and then the throw for the two-point conversion, Josh Allen was out of his friggin' mind, and they were, they were great. When you get to the sidelines, and, it's, and, and you're up, and there's 13 seconds to go. We go to a damn commercial break. Sean McDermott walks down to the kicker and the, and the special teams coach and says, kick this ball down the middle squib. We need three or four seconds off this clock. If you kick it out of bounds or out of the end zone, pack your locker and you pack your coach's room, you're both fucking fired. I don't mean literally. You get my point. <laughs> I, this is my job. I'm Sean McDermott. What are the you go through? And you should have been working this as a, the scenario through the week. What if? Well, here the what if presented itself, and they were all prepared. You kick that thing. You don't risk going for the sideline, or the, you kick a line drive over the first level and drop it in there. Let it squid back. Guy picks it up at the 15. If he cries down, that's three seconds. Now we're down to 10. We're down to 10, and they don't get that extra three seconds to kick it. That's the first mistake they made. I do completely disagree. Now, I know people who say, well, what if the guy takes it to the house? Well, then 11 guys can't make a tackle, then screw it, then you did what you thought to do. Because I don't believe anybody with the same mind 
a coach would have said, well, now you got to kick it out of the end zone. Most were thinking you needed the, that you wanted the time bomb because of, if I was quarterbacking, Grant, kick it out of the end zone. I'm not going to do what Mahomes did. Well, we got to consider the source and what he'd been doing. They had scored 25 points in, 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 in a minute 57 between the two of them. So that was the first one. I needed just even if he took two seconds off the clock, I needed those seconds. I needed him to feel it. And then, and then take a chance. I'd have rather Mahomes throw at 70 yards on a Hail Mary, my chances, than what they did do. Which led to two dumbass decisions on how you play your football. And in particular, the main one, by not putting somebody over Kelsey at the line of scrimmage, the number one receiver in the, on the field on either team. Yep. And you give him a free run. When you don't give guys like that a free run with four minutes to go in the game. Let him clutch and grab, make Mahomes jack the ball like two or three more pumps, and then if he throws it, we've taken three or four more seconds off the clock. They made it was as if they said, let's make this as easy as we can for them to get in range. And with Mahomes, it takes two quick throws, and here we are. And look at it. So I didn't like McDermott's call. I understand pressure. There was enough time during a TV timeout to explain this ball does not go into the end zone, and this and if it rolls in and they let it. Then you took your chance. Can't kick it out of the end zone. 13, go on, 13 fucking seconds on your own 25-yard line. 13 seconds, okay? 13 seconds. They go from 25 to the 30. They go from the 25 to the 30 in 10 seconds, okay? I understand you can debate all you want on the kickoff. All right, I'll, I'm going to take your side of the argument and just say, okay, they should have done that. I don't think it mattered. My the reality is, if I have the number one fucking defense in the NFL, and yes, I watched the game, I saw what Kansas City did, but I I don't have enough trust in my fucking defense to stop a team from going from the twenty-five to the thirty in ten seconds. That's mind-boggling. And you're right about say tackle Travis Kelsey at the fucking line of scrimmage, get a five-yard penalty if you have to. It's just that just that cannot happen, Sean. That cannot happen. Yeah. Grant, you're right. And not only that, you should be able to trust your defense if you have the 30th rank, the 32nd rank defense, not just the first. Oh, I, I'm 100. It just was like, you know, it's like those events that led up one after. It's like, how are you doing this? Not only did they go from 20 to 30 in 10 seconds, they they they, they did it and still was able to kick a field goal. I mean, and still win the freaking game. Uh, in overtime, right? I've said we yell at the TV screen. First of all, when you see the alignment, then I'm just telling you from coordinator standpoint and offensive standpoint going into the game, at no time do I expect my best receiver to get free reign off the line of scrimmage in the first quarter, let alone with seconds to go. What you did, you made it easy for Mahomes to make a split-second decision to get it in the scene without having to hold the ball long, and Kelsey stand up on the end of the line of scrimmage, and there was nobody to even take your six three outside linebacker and engage with him, make him make him come off so Pat has to either go somewhere else or hold the ball a split second longer. I, I don't understand what you were saying to your team, and Leslie Frazier's a good coach. I, I don't get it. The two biggest bonehead decisions of the weekend, McDonald's is one thing, but in the field of play are Todd Bowles playing man against Cooper Cup and then this shit. I mean, and I like Leslie Fitchick. Dude, just, just make them go the hard way. You don't give them. You, we, we, I, I'm still, it's like I played the game. I'm like, I'm baffled. When you, go, when you go to your meeting room the next day, how do you look at your team? Or how do you look at each other? And I know the players got to make plays. 
coach's job is to put him in position to be successful. How do you look at your staff and say, I felt that was the best thing to do? Best thing to do, play off the ball on the fifth best receiver. Not on the best tight end on the planet. And you know he's going to lean on. I, I mean, I was baffled. Put me over and let me just grab Kelsey and let him fight me off and then get up the scene. There's a little delay, and then we've taken two extra seconds. I mean, everything about it said, and Mahomes, this is, Mahomes can't lie, it's going to say, you, in my mind, I can see what it is. I guarantee you, say, are you fucking kidding me? We're going to play this guy, let him run up the scene with the same high safety, and I put my foot in the gun and rip it, and we're going to get 25 extra yards or whatever it is. It's like he was probably, I'm surprised. And when you have those kind of situations, you, you throw it over your, you, 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 you know, yank it into the ground. It's like, they're not putting anybody over, they're not putting anybody over. It's stupid. It's just dumb. It was dumb football. Was that the best quarterback play in the same game that you've ever seen? Yeah, Grant, I watched when I was in league. I've been fortunate, man. When I was when Warren Moon was on our team in Minnesota and he and Marino went back and forth, it was like that 400. It was up. It was like you were sitting there on the team. And you were, Not only are you watching Warren kick ass, you're like, this is really cool. We want him in this game. But you're watching Marino on the other side. Your jaw's hanging down saying, fuck, this is just, if you like quarterback play, sit back and enjoy. Hell yeah. But these two dudes, what, what don't they do well? They run. They command an offense. They lead. They tell them, hey, one more play. They do whatever. They just direct traffic. They use their feet. They run inside power. They run quarterback draw. They throw back shoulder throws that normal human beings aren't going to try. They fit in small windows. They, I mean, they throw side. There's a, 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 a end zone shot of Mahomes. Remember the one they threw like old Kent to Colby? It was, an, it was damn near underhand. There's a guy. There's a back. Grant, I got a shot. I took a picture of it. it it's a high angle end zone where you can see the whole all 22. He got the crosser. Mahomes is scrambling. The ball's down by his waist. He's going to throw it. There's a guy between him and the ball. There, the, the, the receiver is three yards to the inside, and as the throw goes down, he's going to throw it five yards or so to the outside of the defender. You're saying, when you look at it, say, this ball cannot be complete. There's no way. Where's he going with? Now, if you do a jump pass up here, but he's down where it's got to go under a guy's arm and still get to his guy with velocity inside. But the, if, you, if I showed you this, what do you think happened in this play? They'd said, somebody would say, I, I, I have no idea what he's even going to think about doing with the ball. What do you run when you throw it out of bounds? No, no, he hit the guy on a crosser for, for a catch and a play. It's like, but that happened for both of them. I can't begin to tell you some of the throws that the Mahomes made we're used to, and we've seen Allen start to do it over his career. He's done it over his career, but, you know, run a power play. The, the, the throw on the two-point conversion – he scrambles to his right, wheels out and goes to his left. Damn near falling into the sideline, has to throw a sidearm over everybody. And he ends on there about a two-yard window, and he had to throw it up. And then Diggs makes a great play. You can't make those throws. You, you, you just can't. And they made him under duress time and time. Man, I've, I've been on a practice field watching guys, I mean, where you don't make those throws, right? These guys were playing like it was seven on seven. Best ever. Best I've ever seen. I, I was more impressed with Allen for this reason. He did it on the road in arguably the noisiest environment in the NFL. And I think in that entire fourth quarter, they only had one full start. His, you, he, you know, every time they had a close-up shot of him, he had his poise. You could just tell he was in complete command. You know, when you do that, in that atmosphere, in that environment, and you play flawlessly, he was flawless, Josh Allen, that's as good 
as any performance that I can remember seeing. Seriously, that's how, that's, that's how I took that performance. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If both of these guys have what they have, now this is going to be high praise, and it may sound hot takeish, but I, I believe this. You know the regard I have for Brady, best ever, best football player ever. Peyton Manning, the best. Uh, he's a Mount Rushmore guy too. Those two, the battle. I mean, you can like them for different reasons. They're both similar. They either beat you with their feet, they threw from the pocket, great pocket presence, all those things. And these guys have that presence. Don't misunderstand me. But if they could get that same shout, accurate understanding, neither one of them there yet to the point that it took Peyton Tomawa to understand pre-snap as much as they can handle post-snap, right, where they execute. If they ever get to the point where these guys, and it looks like they're headed there, to where, oh, you don't want me to run one down, I'll beat you, which they have from the pocket, but when they ever get that precise like those two cats, Brady and, and Manning, add to the physical ability, which no offense to, to Peyton and, and Tom, they're not even the same league when it comes to all the stuff, the freak show stuff they can do. When they get to the point where they're even better quarterbacks, they're quarterbacks. I think people are saying, right, you don't think they can do Yes, they can do We're dealing with the two best in the league that are that young and, and for the next decade. We're doing Ad Bull and Herbert to the next two, and you got a pretty damn good foursome, right, in the AFC, all in the AFC. Watson ain't half that when he gets back. But uh, if they continue this trajectory – and get to a point where they're like, eh, today I'm just going to beat you throwing 38 times from the pocket without moving a lick like Brady and Manning have done forever. So I don't know how you stop them, Grant. I, I don't. I don't. I don't they got balls, but they're willing to throw it anywhere. They can throw it as far as you need them to. And now they get to the point if there's – I mean, I, I just – there's not enough superlatives. I, I don't know. What I was watching left me – I felt like I played in the game. I was exhausted. And I, I marveled. I said, What? And then the next guy, what? And he makes a back shoulder. This guy makes a post throw. I mean, they were throwing balls that grant. Everybody will make one of those once in a while that plays in the league. Rarely does anybody make all of them like they do on a regular basis. It's the best I've ever seen. To me, the worst coaching decision, not only of the weekend, but maybe of the entire season, was Todd Bowles in the blitz. In that situation, block. Field position, no timeouts, everything else. You know, Sean, I've been watching football since 62. You've played it your entire, you know, adult life pretty much. You've been involved in the game. There was there are things that sometimes happen where you just go, wait a minute. What the fuck did I just see? And why did that right. just happen? And we're talking about one of the great defensive minds in the NFL in Todd Bowles. And then you ask yourself, what on earth was he fucking thinking about? Seriously. You do know coaches. Uh, listen, people have asked me, and you may have even asked me last week, but on my show or when I go on other shows, say, give me some candidates you like. I love Todd Bowles. I think he got jobbed with the Jets, and I think he deserves uh, – I mean, some people, may, because of this, don't hire him, which is crazy. I think Todd Bowles is going to get at some point another chance to be head coach, and I really like him. He's a guy I like to play for because he's not a yeller and screamer. Feels like he's he just – and he's a good man, but he coaches his ass off. 
the coaches choked too. I think McDermott choked. All right. And they also go to what they went and out under duress. Like a player, what do we do? We revert to the things we're comfortable with, even though it may not be the best way to do it. Coaches are no different than players. They choke in certain situations. They excel in others. Some guys are better under pressure when things are running fast, and some guys kind of like it when everything's going good and they can see the big picture and it's moving slowly, slowly instead of quickly. Well, this thing was as urgent as it gets. It was time. It was warp speed, right? I thought it was too. Now, listen, I understand if you're Todd Bowles and you say we're living by the, the second, like the last quarter and a half, we were pressuring and getting after him. I get the mindset, right? We got back into it. But then you got back into it and tied it. Now all you need is a two catches and tackles, play base defense, and catch a tackle, catch a tackle. Now we're going to we're headed to overtime. And now if, if Tampa gets the ball, I assure you this game is done. It, it, it's over. Because they're going and they're going to go down and score. Because you've given Brady 48 chances. He's going to bury you. Yes. And they were talking about teams starting to choke on their own spit. They couldn't have wait to get the game away, right? But then Stafford makes the throw. But, Grant, I understand, okay, let's even say we, we're okay with blitz pressure, hoping you get to him and he, and he fires one over the guy's head or you get a strip sack. Okay, let's just say the, the blitz was what we love. You play four across the board, man, which we call zero coverage, which is all our blitz but four cats. And those guys are at about 10 yards. It's, it looks different when you come to the line. There's not, they're not staggered. They're literally lined up. You'll see this coverage on like a four across the board on the goal line inside the 10 where they're daring. You're not getting this ball behind the end zone. you got to throw everything underneath. And they're playing four across right there. If you're staff, you click there like this looks different. They're depth. So they're four across. So you think, okay. And no matter how it lines up, then you look at the pre-snap and you think, if they do, they, whenever sound coverage is when somebody blitzes, somebody's got to cover up for them. You know this, but somebody who may not, I don't ever want to talk over the the amateur that's, that doesn't know and under the expert, right? But just so they understand, when we always see on TV, cover two, cover zero. I'm just trying to explain. It's pressure from seven, pressed, everybody's they're getting after, trying to get to the quarterback, and you're going to have an unblocked guy versus four across the board. The problem is, listen, the best corners in this league, Grant, can't cover Cooper Cup. He's already had nine catches for about a buck 30 at the time, buck 40 at the time, maybe even 50. And if you're going to do that, bring a nickel or dime, cover him with a, with a corner, a true cover guy. They have the balls to go zero coverage and put, who's a good player, Antoine Winfield Jr. on the best receiver in the league. You put a safety on a corner, you're, you're friggins. You may as well have just stuck an outside linebacker on him and hope he could do it. It was, you had no shot in a few walk. He barely got out of his back pedal. Cooper Cup didn't do much. Boom, boom, and ran right by him. It's not like he gave him a double move. You don't have time to do that in zero cup. He looking at he's standing up in a slot saying, Well, hell, I think these guys are all coming. I gotta get there quick. And the advantage for Stafford, you have to you have to have mechanics. As you saw, he threw it, turned his shoulder a little bit, was about to get hit. He threw all you got there's nobody back there. All you gotta do is put air on it somewhere, and you're not gonna have a floater where somebody comes off there guy and picks it, because they're all playing man across the board. So another another perfect case, but just make them even if you give them a 12-yard curl route, just play base defense. Well, just just play base defense and make them get a couple completions, and then you can't kick a 65-yarder. Everybody in the building was like, "Well, of course they're after a completion, incompletion. Okay, one more, and then we'll, we'll end up. We'll go to overtime. Boy, you better win the snap, right? You better, you better win the coin toss." I, I was 
it, it was, I, I can't imagine, I can't, I, I couldn't fathom the low IQ. If you're going to blitz, cover him up with somebody who can, who's a great cover person, not who's not used to covering the best receiver in space. The best three things we ever hope for, Grant, is real simple as a quarterback in an offense. Creating deception with our formations and looks and hope we get what we want. Secondly, is man coverage, man coverage that we want the, our best against your guy. And third is blitz with mismatches. Well, what's the biggest mismatch on the field? A wide, uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, versus, uh, like you saw what happened, Jalen Ramsey to Mike Evans. Uh, the best quarterback in the world gets beat on a goal out. So now you're going to tell me that your best matchup and your best high IQ football play is hope. Working will, wishing won't. Hoping we get to Stafford, who was playing well, and putting Cooper Cup on a safety. We weren't going to run it. Go small. Put eight, put six, seven corners in. Fuck it. They're not going small. They're not going to run the ball. So you're not worried about getting gashed. Put your best guys all across the board. Go small like you would in an NBA game because you want to shoot. You're not worried about banging inside and covering with a guy who's actually used to back cutting and covering, not coming towards the line of scrimmage, knocking people's dick in the dirt. It was stupid. And Todd Bull should know better. And he usually does. It was a major gaffe. And you can't, and when Bruce Allen says, yeah, I was okay with it, we got to get there. But he's in the gun. You ain't getting there. And he didn't get there. It was a perfect play call against zero coverage. All right, I want to talk about the 49ers. They remind me of the 2007 Giants when they were a wild card. They won at Tampa. They beat the number one seed Cowboys. They went up to Green Bay in the championship game. 20 below zero was Brett Favre's last game as a Packer. The Giants were able to run the ball. They had guys, you know, they called it the NASCAR package. They could come at you in waves and get to the quarterback. San Francisco just has this it. They just got it going on right now. And you know what, Sean? What do they say in the NFL? You can say all you want about it being a passing league, but you got to be able to get to the quarterback, and you got to be able to run the football if you're going to win in the National Football League. And by win, you know what I'm talking, I'm talking about getting to the big show. Yep. I'm waiting to see what the Niners' injury report looks like tomorrow because they got really banged up in that game against Green Bay. But you want to talk about momentum. You want to talk about a team that just – they look like they are just destined. I hate to use the word destined, Sean. They got special written all over them right now, man. I, I – I, I am so damn impressed with what I'm seeing with the 49ers. Think about the ups and downs, Grant, that they've been. I mean, the, 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 the ebbs and flows of bench Jimmy. Oh, he's hurt. Oh, Trey Lance. Oh, you trade from, Oh, will Jimmy be here? Oh, what's Trent Williams? Is he okay? Oh, Fred Warner. Um, is Bosa going to be back? He's coming off knees. Think from the start of training camp. It's been, at one point, you had him not making the playoffs after their start. Kyle Shanahan was going to enter the hot seat if this continued. Oh, how can you blow these games that are close? Like, and then all of a sudden, oh, they get on a roll. And then Jimmy gets hurt. Oh, what's going to happen? Trey Lance wins the game, uh, but it wasn't pretty. Oh, Jimmy's coming back. It shows you the trust that he has in Jimmy. But here's the thing. Grant, go back to the eight teams in the, in the last weekend. And the one thing about the 49ers that nobody else, I believe, can claim. The 49ers do not have to have their quarterback play great football to win. Correct. Every And when I say great, there were six that had to have their quarterback play lights out. A seventh needs a quarterback to play well because play action is so important. And the eighth, just be smart, keep it in the low 20s of the teens, is throwing. Don't kill us with poor throws and turnovers. Even if you turn it over once or twice in a game, our run game in front seven, we'll scheme enough and our players will do enough that 
we will be in the game with the game on the line late. Tennessee, even with Derrick Henry back, can't just throw three picks. They get nine sacks. Quarterback plays that like horse shit in the game, can't win. Green Bay, Aaron 24. That was not. That was a sub. I mean, it wasn't Aaron. They blocked two kicks. Aaron can play far better than that. But you don't throw a touchdown pass after being the MVP in the league. He doesn't play well. What happens? And when, when uh, Jordan Love was the quarterback, went to Kansas City, what happened? Can't win. The Rams, if Stafford, after all they did and what they did, if Stafford doesn't make about three extra throws and plays average or throws a pick, they can't win. Right. If Brady's not on the field, even running back in their defense, they can't win. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen misses two of those throws or somebody else plays, they get their ass handed to him with the way Kansas City's playing. And after all that, if Mahomes doesn't make about three throws, if Mahomes doesn't throw for 171 yards in the, under two minutes, under two minutes, yeah. and with the last two or three throws, guess what? In the back shoulder, they don't win. The Kansas, the, the, the 49ers, Jimmy throws for under 140. He goes 11-19, throws a pick. They don't rush for that. They run the ball 29 times. They have 50-some plays. They go into a hostile by on the one seed. The quarterback plays okay. What do they do? Somebody rears their head. Front seven stops Rodgers. They give up one touchdown and nothing else. They block a punt. For a touchdown, block kick, and they don't even fucking score an offensive touchdown and still win. It's the number one team on the road, inclement weather, which balls cold, the California team goes into Wisconsin and wins. That's why I love them. They can beat you without saying, because I'm telling you right now, this game this week, Matt Stafford plays like in between Rodgers and Tannehill, in between Burrow and Tannehill. Guess what's not happening? Rams aren't winning, dude. And you and I both know it because they are. And I saw some physicality, toughness about the Rams against Tampa in the first half. It, it, it shocked me a little. Uh, if you're a fan of heart in this one and you come soft, the 49ers are going to, will, will kick your ass physically and they will pull your soul out. So I have a lot of respect for the Rams. And, boy, is that quarterback. I mean, they're, talent, they're, they're the best talent left. The roster is stupid. But... <laughs> We're going to get a rematch in the, in the Super Bowl from 2019. Chiefs and Chiefs and 49ers are playing again. I would love that. You know, do you? Uh, I'm trying to think in your playing career, if you had that one team that was just your fucking nemesis, where you might even have said, you know, well, we're better than them, but we just can't beat them or vice versa, because that's what's gone on with this series with the Rams and the 49ers. I mean, even this year, you know, you could look at the two, the game in San Francisco. I think that was a Monday night game. The Rams were rolling, and they went in this, uh, to Santa Clara, and the Niners kicked their ass when the Niners weren't really playing that well. And then you go back to last year. You, you, is, is this about matchups, Sean? You know, when we talk about certain teams you match up with, is this a matchup issue with why San Francisco's been able to beat the Rams, what, now six, I think, straight times? Yeah, it's, I think it's a couple things, Brad. And I'm one when I, I don't want to discount. Sometimes we make too big a deal of it. I don't think we are in this case. One is, first off, and you mentioned matchups. You know, you'll play. It's like the NBA that you've covered for 50, you know, 30 plus years and been great at it. Is that you come against a certain team? For instance, if you're a team now, if you bang and you've got big guys who don't move and can't pop out, and 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 if you got a big center like let's say Embiid, and your center can't pop out and play, and you're going to let him sit up there and bust, he'll hit 50 on you, right? And then you come out, but he's athletic enough to put the ball on the deck and finish, right? And you just don't have guys. You just It's a matchup problem because they they go small like Golden State's in the past and whoop your ass because you just can't keep up. 
and it hurts you on the other end, but you'll separate your three from their two, right? Makes sense? And I think in this case, what happens, the 49ers just, they bring it physically, and let's not discount, they execute. They, they do a good job. I mean, it may not look pretty all the time, but they they do so many different things. It's like, they got your head swimming. you got to think the entire, there's never a time when you say, oh, we get a quarter and a half, we kind of, we know their base, what they're going to do. No, 49ers and Debo and Kyle Shannon, they're fun, even though it, may, it ends up being the same play, they're f- fucking with you all the time with all their stuff. Motions, so much window dressing, you're screwed. Right. And if you move along by that far, right. Debo sends through, right? It's true. It's a mismatch, and physicality comes into play at this time of year. And then the last thing is that I, there are teams I'll get to. Like when we played Detroit, to answer your question, I don't even know what our record was, but it seemed like every time we went to Pontiac, that when Barry Sanders was there, it's like, you know, now we could beat them 45 to 10, right? But you went in, there's a little shiver involved. That's right? like, ee. they had good, some good defensive players, and they were physical, and they had officially like Rodney Pete or Eric Crane, like good enough quarterbacks to beat you, right, and have a big day. But they had that run game and they had Perriman and Herman. But they had some receivers, too. Like, yeah, they could, yep. And then Pontiac all of a sudden started. I remember we were up like 17 to nothing, I think, with like six minutes to go. Barry Sanders made Joey Brown or like grab air in the middle of the secondary, and they scored. And I looked at Wade Wilson. And I said, please don't let that happen today. They beat us. They went boom, 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 and six in. Before you know it, you're looking around and Wayne Fletch, like, what the hell just happened? So I think them, and sometimes we'd go to Tampa. Even though they weren't that good, it seemed like we always had a, felt like a struggle. Now, we played good against good teams, right? But we, it was like, yeah, these two teams are in a division. It just felt weird sometimes, right? Because at that time, I think Tampa was in our division, if I'm not mistaken. Minnesota, we were in the same division. Well, I, don't, don't discount the fact that eventually, after you've lost six in a row, you're going to hear, you don't want to hear, you're going to hear it all week. You know. You know, so what happens is you sometimes get too fine and too cute trying to counter-adjust, and then you're doing that the whole game, gripping things, and before you know it, what just happened, we're chasing again. So you got to play free, and they're not going to change a lot. Neither of these teams are going to change much. They're going with 85% of what they do, execute, and with a few change-up pitches, it's just like, dude, can our physicality beat your finesse? And that's basically when it comes to defense versus your offense. That's what it is. All right, we've talked a lot about Allen, and we've talked about Mahomes. Now I want to talk about Joe Burrow. This fucking <laughs> guy, this guy gets sacked nine times, gets his ass kicked, and just keeps on coming at you and coming at you and coming at you. He's only in his second year, and he's got his team in the AFC Championship game. And, you know, as we look at maybe Rodgers and Brady are done, who knows? We lost Drew Brees last year. You know what? The NFL has got all these young guys – you know, with, with, with Burrow, we talked about Allen and Mahomes that's going to carry the torch for the next 10 or 15 years. How impressed must you be as a guy that studies this position, knowing full well what it's like to get knocked down time and time and time again and to do what he did on the road in that environment? I mean, what the hell? Joe Burrow is unbelievable, man. Well, we saw that in 2019 at LSU and wondered, how is, is this real? Oh, we know it's real now. That was not fake. Yeah, think about this. Bengals, Chargers, if they, you know, stay how they get that right. Uh, the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. We may be having a, a fight at AFC Divisional Weekend with those four teams for quite some time. And we're leaving Lamar and a couple of these other. And, and if you're Deshaun Watson and you say, I want to get traded, take your ass to the NFC. Better. <laughs> right. 
You don't want to be a part of the AFC because you could be the MVP and your team could be the seventh seed, right? So I, I with Joe Burrow, when he came out of school, and I, I, I said it on my show a million times and documented, somebody asked me and I said it, he had the best pocket presence. When people, you say this, people say, well, Herbert was great too. No, I'm just talking about pocket presence. Burrow was the best pocket presence I'd seen in two decades. Just see like Brady, the ability to move and sidestep and manipulate, yet he can still beat you with his feet because he's got some legs now. Underrated. But his toughness, Grant, I can't, you know what it reminds me of? You remember Aikman took 11 sacks, I think it was against Philadelphia one year, getting the shit kicked out of him. And it, it, and I don't like to say that this is the way you find out about a guy. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I'm playing in the league. I'm in Minnesota. We're getting ready to play. Dan Fouts is doing the broadcast the, the, the day before. Comes in the locker room. And I've known Dan for years from North Turner and being in San Diego. So I, Dan was just sitting there. And I just asked, Dan, leadership, man. I'm just curious. It was after practice on Saturday before a game. I said, define it for me. He said, well, he said, it's when the quarterback puts back, drops back and puts his back foot in the ground and has to stare down a gun barrel and knows he's going to get the living shit kicked out of him and delivers the ball on time without bailing and throws it accurately to a guy. It doesn't matter how many, and I'm paraphrasing the last one, it doesn't matter how many 400-yard games or all that. The respect comes when the guys see that, they'll, they'll do anything for you. Now, Fouts was as tough as there was in the pocket, and he had 400-yard games on a regular basis. This is Joe Burrow. He'll stand in there. He ain't going to ask you to do anything. Great leaders don't sh- tell you, they show you. And Burrow's going to stand there and get the hell kicked out of him. He earned more respect in one game, not for the fact that they won a playoff game on the road for the first time ever in their franchise history. He took nine sacks and kept coming. In a one-field goal game, now Tannehill helped, and that offense of them helped uh, Tennessee. And But both defensive front sevens were good, brilliant game plans on both defenses. And he kept coming and coming. The best way I can – I don't ever find much out about a quarterback who's playing against a – when you're having your best game against a team that doesn't really threaten you, you find out a hell of a lot about a guy's balls when you're getting the shit kicked out of you in, in the postseason and everybody expects you to lose against the one seed and you don't care. You, you don't care. I think Joe Burrow thinks he's winning the division the next 10 years. I do. I, I think he thinks that. And he plays like – I uh, respect – Play and I'm, as Andy Reid said, uh, they beat us last time. He threw for like 470 or whatever it was. If they blink, if if they blink with our chase, that dude will be running out of the tunnel with touchdowns. So you be, be careful. And if you left it all on the field last week, right? Hell, a lot of teams emptied the bucket. Shit, how you respond quickly? Joe Burrow's no joke. And if you give me five quarterbacks for the next decade, he he four of them, four of them are in the AFC. Herbert didn't play. Three of them are still playing. Bill, well, Allen just finished. Bill, Allen, Mahomes, for the next decade, I'm not off those guys at all, and I'm going to win a lot of games no matter what the situation. So I freaking love this guy, and I think the team looks around and says, uh, it's not that big a deal. We got Burrow. You can hit the shit, knock the shit at him. But I can tell you this, if that offensive line doesn't come clean and come ready to play this week and, and plays like they did against Canada, they'll get curb stomped in this game. doesn't matter what their offense does because you, you can't keep up with Mahomes doing that. You can keep up with Tannehill. You can't keep up with Mahomes doing that. No, you can't do that. When you heard the news today about Sean Payton, give me your reaction. What a great gig. One of the great coaching gigs came up because they're not empty. They got some pretty damn good players, and that's a passionate football uh, state and city. Um, Then I think Sean Payton, twofold for me. 
And I love Sean. Um, I actually was going to send him a message, but I'm, I'm going to wait till after it clears. I, a couple things came to mind. Salary cap issues, and you don't have your quarterback, so you're like, let me walk away from this for just burnout. He coaches hard. He he play, He coaches hot. He did right. Uh, TV's probably got about three or four million reasons why a, a year off wouldn't be bad to regenerate, you know. He ain't retired for football. And in the long run, when all is said and done, let's just say Mike McCarthy's team goes nine and eight or ten and seven and misses the playoffs. He used to have, I think he still has a big old place in South Lake in Texas. I'm not saying I Sean's fifty eight. I don't believe Sean Payton's done coaching. But no. it's gonna be a nice gig doing a game or a studio work where he's getting paid a lot of money to sit back, take a deep breath. He's had a lot of pressure on him to say, I want to back off and get rejuvenated. I was not shocked. I think there's a part of this is not we need the Sean Payton's coaching, but then I'll have to find somebody. That's a tough job to replace, but I don't think he's done, and I think he's going to get a high-paying TV job and enjoy the hell out of himself. He may have just saved Mike McCarthy's job. All right? Seriously. Right. Because now if you're Dallas, you're like – Right. You're yep. not going to you, you, you can't fire McCarthy and bring in a new staff and then bring Sean Payton in next year. So to me, you know, I think McCarthy stays and I'm with you 100 percent. You know, if we have a repeat this year, you know, or next year of what we saw this year with Dallas. I'm with you. I can see Sean Payton being the coach of that team next year. Yeah. And Jerry call him up and say, here's 10 million dollars. Can you come out of that broadcast booth out of the studio and let's take care of this and let's do what we know you want to do? Because I know there's talk about the Bears training for Payton. I'm sure a couple others wanted to. Nah, I'm not interested in doing that. Hey, listen, that's a hard business, man. And, and think what he's with Drew B's quarterbacks injured. Have to do this, have to do that. They've been through some craziness. I don't blame him. Hell, he's 58. There's plenty of great football. He's hell, he's in his coaching prime right now. Take some time, step away. But I don't believe for one minute if Sean and I were having beers and he was my best friend, and I said, dude, rejuvenate, let's come clean here. This is a true serum. Are you done coaching? I think he'd look at me and give me the middle finger and say, are you out of your damn mind? If, if I was his best friend, right? I think that right now, the emotion and if you're tired, it's it's good to get away. And you stay close to the game by talking about it and doing it. And he'll be good TV because he's opinionated. And, you know, he, he fits it good. And then when he's ready and he sees, oh, that guy's still my quarterback. When there's the next Drew Brees there, it makes the path a little. That's why Sean Mc, that's why, uh, Josh McDaniels ain't leaving. That's right. He's not going anywhere. He's waiting until the perfect young quarterback. He thinks he's got a guy in, in Mac Jones. He's not leaving to come coach. No disrespect to Davis Mills, but he's not there. Maybe as good as Mac Jones, but he's not, you know, he's not Tom Brady. I mean, maybe he thinks Mac Jones can be, but uh, if all of a sudden you look at Josh McDaniels and said, hey, by the way, uh, you get to go coach Herbert. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go to LA to coach that. Yeah, I'm in. But the same with, with, with Sean Payton. And they're kind of in a state of flux, and it's the perfect time, in truth, for him to Take a deep breath and relax. I don't think we've seen the end of Sean Payton as a coach. Just like I don't think Brady and Rodgers are done playing. I think they're addicted to success. I think they're addicted to competition. And all three of those guys love this shit too much. And they love it. And all of us wish we could go back. But once you remove yourself for too long a period of time, especially a quarterback, so I think all three of them, Sean will be back. I believe uh, that Tom and Aaron are, are back in 2020. I think this will be so first time I've ever said this. 2022 will be Brady's last year. He'll play till he's 45. Hope he goes out on top, and then he'll be done. I'll tell you what's interesting. If we had this conversation on Friday, and I told you, other than Ryan Tannehill, 
Aaron Rodgers would have the poorest performance of the weekend, you would have said, no fucking way. You know, right. when you look at, when you, that opening drive was flawless. You know, they get the opening kickoff, they go right down the field. They also ran the ball. They had very good success running the ball in that drive, and then the Niners were able to really contain the running game. What did you see in Aaron Rodgers? I mean, that just did not look like a Rodgers performance. I mean, he's lost in the playoffs a lot, but it's not generally because of Rodgers. It's because of something else. You know, you can make a point right. that they lost the game on, on Saturday night because of Aaron Rodgers' performance. Yeah, for him not doing what we're used to. An average game for him is 297, three touchdowns and no picks. That's average for him, right? That's just kind of par for the course that we expect. He set the bar so high, we don't allow him to have a 20-for-29 game, which I know a lot of quarterbacks out there say, shit, I'll take 20-for-29 in the playoffs, right, without throwing a pick, right? But, yes, that's his responsibility. That is his job, and he, that's why he gets paid the money. That's why he's, that's why we talk like we do about him because he's a fucking great player and we expect more. Now he didn't block, he didn't get a punt block or a kick block, but we still look for guys that way. It, it, to me, in watching it, we said, and I stand up and said, I said, if the Packers lose, it ain't going to be because of Aaron Rodgers. Well, part of it was because of him, and it, it was wrong on that because I never, I never expected. Right? He spoiled me so much. But I think the front seven did exactly what Grant we wanted. They got to him not just with five sacks, but constant pressures. And the biggest thing that I noticed in watching the game, and I felt this needed to be done, look what they didn't do in Tampa against them in that game on the – I mean, in, uh, with Leslie Frazier, the Buffalo-Kansas City game of getting the guy. They took their receivers off their mark. They weren't giving – you know how Rodgers catches the gun, puts his foot to the ground, throws a slant? Boom. And did you notice a couple were behind? It just wasn't – there was a disruption. They normally it's just flow, flow, flow. This slant, a back shoulder, uh, a quick curl up. Touchdown. Get it again. Now it's 14 to nothing. They're reeling. And it will be not 17 to nothing. And he's just rolling. They they did a good job of disrupting that full form rhythm. So one little extra hitch. And I know people say, what's the big deal? Well, you can see what's the big deal. And for a quarterback, when it's off that much yep. with a rhythm offense, it just they weren't doing anything spectacular, and the, and the 49ers, due to credit to them, they had a hell of a game plan to make sure that Devontae and those guys didn't take over the game. That Packers' last possession, Josh Norman had come into the game at corner, and at the top of your screen, he had one-on-one -on -one coverage with Devontae Adams, and Adams had him beat. It was like just a, a you know a 10, 12-yard throw that Rodgers missed, and you could see the reaction on Rodgers' face. That is a play that not a lot of people are talking about, but if they convert there, I think Green Bay probably is able to move the ball down the field. And again, you don't see Aaron Rodgers miss a throw like that very often. And in that situation, fourth quarter on that drive, when you absolutely have to have a first down, that was just to me one of the more surprising missed throws that he had the entire game. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grant, he, I've told you this, the greatest players in the world that I know make all the easy throws and then hit the home runs when they're open and they're there and then fit it some places where other guys can't, but they don't miss the easy ones. Jimmy has missed some easy ones. And, you know, Tannehill is some of those guys that are good players, but not the superstars. The elite of the elite don't miss Mahomes. They just don't miss those. So, yeah, yeah. 
Something's not right in Green Bay because he doesn't miss those, man. He just he doesn't the flat route, the 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 bootleg. He doesn't the shallow cross. He doesn't he doesn't throw slants off a back shoulder. He doesn't miss checkdowns. He doesn't miss twelve yard easy either back shoulders or curl routes or out cuts. He doesn't miss those. And when he's missing them, and you can keep the game. Well, we said it. Keep the game in the teens. San Francisco win, and they did. All right. So I'm looking at. Uh the news right now. I don't think it comes out yet. Gut feeling. Hall of Fame announcement in the in Major League Baseball. You think Bonds and Clemens are getting in or no? One guy today. What's that? Big Pop. One guy is getting in today. Big Poppy. That's it, huh? Okay. That's right. I'm on the go with that. Now, if you're asking me, should Bonds and Clemens? I don't think it's a Hall of Fame without Bonds and Clemens in it. That's just me. I, I make it. It's a shrine. And their numbers say it. Put a plaque in there that you question if they're, you know, whatever, like with Pete Rose. If you want to put a plaque that he gambled, this will kept him out a long time. That Big Poppy's getting in. I don't, I mean, listen, and it's the same thing with Schilling. Listen, I don't care how you fucking vote. I don't, I don't care with Rogers if you're axed or not. I'm not here to make those decisions. I, I'm just not. That's, not. that's not how I vote. Listen, Taylor Owens and I had some, some good fun dust-ups when I was a broadcaster and he was a player. And, you know, and whether it's in good fun or he's pissed or you guys battle each, we battle each other on TV, on radio. I can tell you this, if I had a Hall of Fame vote, and I like him, I, I like him, I do, I, I actually like him. But we had some battles as a brother. You know, you get the most, I said, I didn't like the Sharpie thing, and we got into a battle over that. I will tell you this right here and now, that, and I like Terrell I, I think I like, I, I like Terrell Owens more than he may think I do, because I do like him. And I liked him as a player. I don't care if he does sit-ups in his drive. I know this. If I had a Hall of Fame vote, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Fame. I would not, he, 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 would have, I don't, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Fame. You know what? I don't think you would have liked him as a teammate. Oh, no. And that's a goal. And, and, and put it this way. If the way I, now I'll tell you what I would have liked, his production on Sundays. Yeah, but you know yeah. what? I don't, think, I don't think you would have appreciated a guy where everywhere he was, he fucking trashed his quarterback. I, right. And that's what makes like, I know you. I don't think that would have gone over well with you. That's okay to disagree. Like, hell, I've had teammates. But I've had teammates I don't like, that I respect. And, but no, he, he was probably not my kind of teammate. But I can tell you this, that he showed up on Sundays. And I know the disruption off the bowling, but whatever. But I can tell you this, his numbers, and we're on Grant, that comes with personality. I wasn't going to pick him for personality. I was picking him for the fact that as a football player, he was the first dollar Hall of Famer. Okay, period. Okay. All right, but 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 I'm but I want to I want to continue on this. So the first time he doesn't get a ball that he thinks he should get thrown to, and at the end of the game he's ripping you a fucking new asshole to the press. That's okay with you? Oh no, no, we be we have been fights in the locker room. Well, yeah, I, listen, old school playing in Jack Lambert that group's time. Not saying, well, get off my lawn. But there have been more fights than even in my era, more fights than until we 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 crossed over a little bit. You get my point? And I the reason I use him as an example is. Even though we may have had me and him and Dan when we were on Sports Center or something battling, I still respected his game and I would have voted. Now, I might have somebody would ask me, 
Like I even said to him, man, that's Sharpie, dude. He goes, well, what are you going to do about it? I go, nothing. But if I was out there playing, I'd put your spine through your belly. And we were talking about that on an interview. So it went back and forth. But, and I think he thought that I was being, I had nothing but gain respect for Terrell Owens. Whether I disagreed with some of the things he did or not, I would have voted for him first time right now. If you're saying, Sean, you want him as one of your top three teammates ever? Well, we, then we had a different discussion, right? But I, I believe he belongs the first bout. So I'm, the point I'm trying to make is, is I would never, because I do think he was a phenomenal player. And I actually, from a broadcaster's point of view, it was kind of fun to watch him do his stuff because it was like, this is great TV and radio. And even with him and I battled. But from a, from a football standpoint, the guy was a monster and a great fucking player. And so I wouldn't let personality or disagree with a Sharpie on the field not put him in the Hall of Fame. He should have been a first-round Hall of Famer based on the numbers without deciding whether he's a good teammate or not. But I get what you're saying, right? So this thing for Schilling. Schilling's a Hall of Famer. You can't deny it. We've talked about this. But he's not going to get in. And he told me, I'm going to get less votes than I did last year. Because why? Because of his, pers- his, his politics. And that is it. And they don't like him for that, which is absurd. It's, it's dumb. It's not right. But it, it, it's going to prevent him from getting in. And Bonds, you know the Bonds and Clemens thing? Uh, Schilling should be in, Bonds and Clemens should be in, and Big Poppy in my mind. And I may be wrong, but I, I don't think anybody's getting in but him yep. this time around. Great show today, buddy. Who do you think is getting in? Great show. Who do you like? Who do you think is getting in? I don't, I don't think Bonds and Clemens are getting in today. I just don't. I don't. Think would, you vote, would you vote for him? Yeah. Would you vote? I would. I mean, I, I would. Uh, I'm okay with the delay for a few years, uh, which maybe sounds stupid, but are they Hall of Famers? They're Hall of Famers. I don't really think it's debatable. I don't think you can argue. Kurt Schilling, is he a Hall of Famer? Hell yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, absolutely. Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you 100%. Yeah, and that's how I felt about T. I always said, you know, with the battle and stuff, but I said, yeah, I'd have voted for him in the first bout. People may have said, well, why? Because I watched him play, and I see what he did to change defenses. Hell of a player, and it was fun banter, but this one – and even though the guys say, well, I don't want to be on the Hall of Fame, you know it hurts Kurt Schilling. You know it hurts Clemens. You know it hurts Fonz. It should. But I know they made some of their bed, too. I get it. I, I understand that. But personality should have nothing to do with who, who you like. It should have everything to do with what your performance was. I think that's the criteria, but what the fuck do I know? I just know that I'd vote for – I think Big Poppy's getting in today. Have a good night, buddy. Love you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good time. Thanks. So I'm still baffled over some of the coaching decisions. So no. hopefully we'll get – well, I'll see you Thursday. But hopefully we'll get – same kind of football this weekend, man. And congratulations to whoever gets in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so what a, what a great show it's got to be for those guys. All right, man. Have a good night. Appreciate you it. too, buddy. Thanks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.